lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Aaron McIntyre. And right there is Todd Erzin. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Or you can go to places that don't try to censor us and won't be banning us probably in the next 10 minutes. Uh, if you look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor and Gab, and then at Steve Dace Show on Getter. You can also uh, get clips of the show that are free of censorship and free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, once more, that is rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. I know some of you have heard about the story that I'm, I'm guessing Aaron will highlight in his montage here in a few minutes. Uh, the story out of San Francisco with parents rising up to dethrone at least three and maybe a fourth member of a school board there. That's right. San Francisco and and via recall, there had not been a successful recall in San Francisco since 1983. That's 10 years before Aaron was born and he just turned 29 a couple of days ago. 1983, brother, what were you doing in 1983? Oh, Little League and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we lived literally a generation ago. Yeah, we lived in um Castleberry, Florida, a suburb of Orlando in 1983. I was um, the fastest to ever grow for, go from Bobcat to Weeblo in the entire history of Orlando Cub Scouts. Thank you, Mom. Okay. Um, <laughs> playing Little League Baseball and all that kind of stuff. That's what I was doing in 1983, man. Okay. Listening to Duran Duran. Oh, yeah. That's what I was doing in 1983. That's the last time they had a recall election in San Francisco. You know what's going on here? I need to just, three months ago, I said, Canada's dead, gone. Now it's the light shining in the darkness. I'm like, I've, I've, everybody I know that lives in California, I've either texted them or tweeted at them, get out. You're wasting everybody's time. Don't live there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just need to go ahead and pronounce more, more things and more communities dead. Because that seems to, that, that, reports of those demise seems to be premature. The minute I say, hey, that man, that's just a lost cause. Kick the dust off your sandals and move on. It, that, that's actually when things seem to get interesting around here, right? Yes. So let me try it, okay? Let me try it. Don't waste any more time on the Republican Party. Just ah, no, no point to it all. No, no point to it at all. Mitch McConnell will outlive us all. No point to making a single vote for them this fall. Let's just move on. And if the trend continues... Good news could be on the horizon. But I bring this up because our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, they have been fighting those kinds of fights that parents in San Francisco are trying to fight now uh, and help you defend your fundamental right to direct the upbringing of your children, which is under attack in government schools all over the country and frankly has been for a generation. Our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, they are challenging that indoctrination and threat to parental rights. They represent everybody pro bono when they take on a case, which means they need to get by on tax-deductible donations from people like us. If you want to make a tax-deductible donation to ADF, I did, uh, so I wouldn't urge you to support a cause I'm not willing to support. ADFlegal.org slash Steve is how you can do it. 
ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Again, ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Coming up at the bottom uh, of the hour, we will begin our weekly game of Buy, Sell, or Hold, the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us next hour. But before we get to all of that, we begin, as we always do, with that aforementioned rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by begging for war. It's no longer saber rattling with Russia. It's straight up simping for war on the part of the Biden administration. Make no mistake. The United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. An attack against one NATO country is an attack against all of us. Yesterday, when Joe Biden wasn't begging for war, he was telling stories. I got a call one night. A woman said to me, obviously not of the same persuasion as I was politically, called me and said, there's a dead dog on my lawn. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, have you called the county? He said, yes, they're not here. And I said, well, I'll get them in the morning. She said, I want it removed now. I pay your salary. So I went over. I picked it up. She said, I want it out of my front yard. I put it on her doorstep. And when he wasn't telling stories, he was whispering. But just pay a little bit. Yesterday, U.S. intelligence officials accused the website Zero Hedge of peddling Russian disinformation about the alleged forthcoming invasion of Ukraine. Speaking of Zero Hedge, Twitter was quick to then label links to their website as being unsafe when you click on them. Also on Twitter yesterday, they suspended without warning the account called Defiant L's, which literally just posts screenshots of progressives' tweets showing their hypocrisy. Also yesterday, the city of San Francisco held a recall election for three school board members. Those three members were recalled and it wasn't even close. Apparently indefinite masking and renaming a high school named after Abraham Lincoln was a bridge too far, even for this communist-run city. Here's a random op-ed at the Louisville Courier-Journal from a Black Lives Matter activist named Quintez Brown from a few years ago. Kentucky's concealed carry law shows your life doesn't matter to gun-loving Republicans. In completely unrelated news, Quintez Brown was arrested this week after he attempted to shoot and kill Louisville mayoral candidate Craig Greenberg. Greenberg is a Democratic candidate for the mayor of the city. Washington Post headline, he's cute, but is he swab-worthy? How rapid testing became a dating ritual. This guy was allegedly kicked off an Allegiant Airlines flight for wearing a mask emblazoned with the words, let's go, Brandon. Meanwhile, in Canada, the province of Quebec is the latest to announce their ending COVID restrictions, including the vaccine passport. They join Ontario and a handful of other provinces doing the same. Ontario Governor Doug Ford spoke yesterday and blew up Prime Minister Castro's COVID narrative. You know, you, you, can, go to, you can go to Costco, you can go to Walmart, you can go shopping. You know, you don't know if the person has a shot beside you or not, but we also know that it doesn't matter if you have one shot or 10 shots, you can catch COVID. See, the prime minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and, and move forward. But Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. 
we got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's there's the rebel rousers, and then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it. And, and that's their choice. This is about, again, a democracy and freedoms and liberties. And I, I hate as a government telling anyone what to do. We just got to get moving forward and, and get out of this and protect the jobs. You know, we're, I think a lot of people call them, probably yourself too, everyone's done with us. Like we are done with it. Let's let's start moving on and cautiously and, you know, we, we've, we've followed the rules, all of us, like 90% of us for, for over two years. The world's done with it. So let's just move forward. And now this presented without comment for now, according to data from Johns Hopkins University compiled by the website Our World and Data, the higher the average income of a country, the higher deaths per capita with COVID were during the pandemic, the lower the average income of a country was, the lower the deaths per capita were. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee, Trudeau announces invasion of Poland. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by ZStack. If the last two years have taught us anything, it's that we need to take better control and care of our own health. And it's clear you can't simply rely on the government or big pharma to protect you or your family. Just this week, Harvard released an updated study. Harvard. Friend of the program, Peter McCullough, was showing this on, on, on Twitter earlier today. Harvard released an updated study for treating COVID that included, and I, 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 I kid you not, zero treatment protocols for COVID. February 2022, zero, zero, zero treatment protocols, zero. There's literally a dozen or more. But at Harvard, they're fine letting you die. Um, so if you're not fine with letting yourself die, um, we had Dr. Vladimir Zelenko on the show earlier. He developed one of the very first, one of the earliest treatment protocols for COVID prophylaxis. It's called the Z-Stack. He put it all together uh, in one kosher and GMP certified pill. It's right here. Everything you're looking, the zinc, the vitamin C, the D, everything you're looking for there for effective early prophylaxis. They can help you with that with the Z-Stack. Get the ZStackLife.com slash Dace when you go there. ZStackLife.com slash Dace. Use my last name, Dace, as the promo code for a discount on your first order. ZStackLife.com slash Dace. All right, let's let's get to what is in what is in the montage. And I want to have a a quick conversation here about what Doug Ford, the uh, the governor of Ontario, said yesterday. And it's it's not just what he said to me, but how he said it. That did not look scripted on any level. That did it did not look what was the statement he just gave last week? This will not be tolerated, all right? That that looked like a guy named Doug. Just a guy. Just a guy named Doug. Has his own thoughts, has his own ideas. 
just so happens to be governor of a Canadian province. But if you didn't know it, and you just, you know, were waiting in line at Costco, as he mentioned, to check out, I struck up a conversation with him about, hey, what do you think about all this? It kind of would sound like that, right? Yeah. They could have treated us like this all this time. It didn't have to be this way. Even while imposing restrictions. And I, I just think about it from the other side of the argument as one of the ringleaders here opposing these restrictions for the last going on now 24, 23 and a half months. My case had been a lot more difficult. Hell, I'm not sure if I would have made the same case, but I made the same case, or at least as strenuously as I did. If they just would have talked to us like adults. That's Doug right there. Talking to you like an adult. Assuming that you're one. That your opinion matters. Showing at least a, a tinge of empathy. How rare was it for us to get that in our country? How rare is it to find it anywhere? How much different would things have been if they would have said, guys, we know that in the past, the data showed masks weren't great. We're up against something. We don't really know what we're up against. We're, we're just going to try them for 90 to 100 day, 180 days. We'll check in at 90 days, see where things are at with the spread. But it would really help us to kind of keep some modicum of normalcy going so we don't suffer a societal calamity. So in, in order to do that, we gotta do, we're got to we going to throw everything we can at this to, sl- to try to slow the spread at it. Because, you know, there's some data out right now, ironically, I saw it published over at Zero Hedge, the alleged denier of all truth, pointing out what I have said on this show going back to what, last August, September. Everybody's, when the, when the jab debate really began about making it coercive or not, everybody's taking a risk. Everybody is. We do not know the long-term effects of even an asymptomatic exposure to COVID, just like we don't know the long-term effects of now taking four injections of a spiked protein called messenger RNA that we've never given to human beings ever before in all of history. We don't know, do we? And now, I was reading this thing over at Zero Hedge, several of you sent to me, there's a study that's going to be released in Europe in April, the final findings, the preliminary report is out now about long COVID, even stories like Kirk Herbstreit, man, I don't have my taste fully back six months after I got over this, right? We don't know. We don't know. That's the irony of this is there is no foolproof way to avoid the ramifications of what was done to the world in that lab by who did it. There's no way of doing it. I mean, yesterday, the governor of New York put out a new emergency proclamation admitting that these shots don't stop the spread of COVID anymore. It says it right in her proclamation. And then, but that was right after she fired 1,400 medical workers for not taking them. See, this is where the divisiveness comes from. This is where the anger comes from. And this is where the, all right, we're going to just sabotage the place now comes from the lies. It's not the policies. People that lived through World War II on here on the home front went through <laughs> the uh, levels of rationing that we would lose our minds today over that over over this. Lose our minds. They didn't though. 
because they felt like they were partnering with their government for a great cause against a unified enemy. In this case, we have not been treated that way. And at first, those of us who were just even asking questions, we were told we were the enemy for daring to ask them. If people like Doug Ford and others had spoken like this for the last year, there probably would not have been a trucker convoy. Even if they were saying things you don't like or don't agree with or turned out to be wrong later on. It's the empathy. It's the idea that you're human. That we're, that, see, that's a guy that for the, for the first time, someone in a Canadian government. And it's now mid-February of 2022. For the first time, someone in Canadian government made you really think we are kind of all in this together. Just trying to figure this thing out, man. We don't know. They didn't have to do this. They wanted to. They wanted to. Because for a guy like Doug Ford, that's a guy who just bought a bill of goods. And, and this is what his, his experts told him he needed to do to save a bunch of people. And now that he's had a loaded, a, the proverbial loaded gun pointed at his head politically, now he's like, okay, I get it. the math on this has to add up. And guess what? The math on this does not add up. But this could have been done months ago. Months ago. The system didn't want to. It's not that the system doesn't know what empathy is. It doesn't care. Because its definition of we're all in this together is not what you and I think that means. It's not a partnership. It's subjugation. That's what it means. That's what it means. That's what Trudeau's actions this week have shown. That's what New Zealand has shown. That's what Australia has shown. That's what Austria has shown. That's what Germany has shown. It's about subjugation. As Christine Pushaw says, she works in Ron DeSantis' office. It's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. Her family came from Russia. She knows. That's exactly what it is. We're all in this together means you know your place. Shut your hole and know your role. That's what we're all on this together means to them. We are facing and have faced a virus of anywhere from questionable to malicious origin. We don't know what we're dealing with. This should have been a moment for a lot of us to realize we, we got to give each other a lot more grace and a lot more mercy and a lot more benefit of the doubt, and a lot more empathy. This should have been a moment like, you know, the day after 9-11, where there were lines outside of churches again. Reminded that there are forces at work in this world that are beyond us, beyond our knowledge and expertise, that can do great harm to us if we let our guard down collectively. That should have been what this was. It should have been that. Instead, we've lived through a left-behind book. And for further evidence of this, Aaron, I want you to bring this chart back up. Because this is one of the most cosmic things I have ever seen. Like in a history book, in a Bible. This took my breath away when I saw this. It was the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance who actually compiled this data from Johns Hopkins in Our World and Data and put this together. 
this picture doesn't say a thousand words. In fact, this picture says them all. It's a Tolstoy novel. This picture says every word. There are so many conclusions you can draw for why this is true. And they all range to some form of cosmic. Let me give you an analogy of a different situation. And just, Aaron, just leave that up. I want everybody to see that as I'm talking. About 20 years ago, the Episcopalian Church was the first Protestant denomination here in the U.S. and in the West that embraced full throat the rainbow jihad and abandoned biblical orthodoxy on a, on a, on a institutional level. And that was a big controversy at the time. Those who still believed in biblical orthodoxy within that denomination they, they tried to fight it for a while. There was inner turmoil. There was kind of a civil war within that denomination for a while. And, you know, for people, for those of you that don't know, the, I mean, the Episcopalian denomination, that's one of the founding denominations of the 13 colonies. The classic portrait of the parson in the Protestant church with the collar, that's often Episcopalian, guys. And so when those who still believed in orthodoxy attempted to save this denomination. They realized that they had to, they had to appeal to a different leadership structure and they needed to bring in new authorities to confront those that had left the narrow road. And where they went were to some of the poorest countries in the world many of them black and African. Because what they found there is that in those countries, there was so little comfort, so little prosperity, so little downtime to ponder and meander the lint in our navels and no room whatsoever for believing that we truly are the people we've been waiting for. We, we truly are masters of our own domain. We're in control down here. In countries where if you get one good square meal a day, you don't, you don't have that luxury. And in those countries, what they found are those, those Episcopalian priests, those parsons, those pastors... They didn't know what a John Dominic Crossan was. They, they never read or heard of the Jesus Seminar. They just had the Bible. They had to fight like hell to get the Bible into their countries to begin with. And that was good enough for them. They just had the truth. And irony of ironies... When they attempted to save, unsuccessfully sadly, when they attempted to save the Episcopalian denomination, 
they were doing so by importing and elevating and promoting clergy from some of the lowest income and lowest middle income countries on earth. Is this on? Can you hear me? Let those with ears to hear, let them hear. It truly is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a self-assured, confident, boastful, edumacated, enlightened rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In these lower income countries, they didn't have the ability to turn to the idols that we do. They don't have the experts that we do. They don't have the no-betters. They kind of have to rely on the established truth of history that has sustained us as a species for thousands of years through thousands of even worse plagues than this one. When they were given medicines that are very, very cheap to purchase and acquire that showed instant efficacy against the virus's worst forms of inflammation and symptomatic infection, they embraced it as salvation. They didn't shun it. They didn't censor it. They didn't wait for the cutting-edge technology they were never assured would ever arrive. They couldn't afford anything but the truth. Can you hear me? Is this on? Let those with eyes to see because this graphic is screaming at us, folks, at the top of its lungs. Okay. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? So I was about to add some commentary to this graph during the montage, and I, I took it out, and I'm glad that I did, because that was a, obviously a sermon. One of the, the wrongest thing, what's typically do we think of as the wrongest thing that we've ever said on this show? Taking Kamala Harris seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to submit this as perhaps rivaling, if not surpassing. I think it easily surpasses. It was my sincerely held, um, not conviction, but uh, notion back in mid to late spring of 2020 that by maybe July, we would seriously be getting out of COVID stand here in the United States because of, not because we're committed to the truth, but because we're committed and addicted to our own largesse. Our own addiction to amusement, that we want to go out to ball games, we want to go to the mall, we want to go to the theaters, we want to have our ears tickled, we want to go to Disney World, we want to go on cruises. I really thought that the, the demand 
for being able to flaunt our largesse would be what would get us out of COVID, Stan, in pretty short order. That's perhaps the wrongest thing, and that's a pretty high bar if you've ever listened to me for five minutes. That's the wrongest thing I have ever said or believed, ever, ever. It should have been true. It should have been true. It was our largesse. And it was our addiction to amusement, and it was the comfortability that Todd talks about all the time that enabled us to live in fear, that enabled us to clutch those idols, that enabled us to shut ourselves down, that enabled us to kill ourselves. I mean, I mean, corporately as a people. That's probably the wrongest thing that's ever been uttered on the show. I think I might have even made it a prediction on the Dace Group at some point. It was our largesse. And it was our comfortability that enabled us to not only hold on to this idol, but enlarge it. Instead of what we should have done and cast it into the fire many moons ago. You want to address this when we come back before we go to buy, sell, or hold, or are you content? Oh, I'm not content, but I can go either way. Okay. We will come back and we'll find out if Todd has anything to say about this chart. And then we'll get to buy, sell, or hold here in a moment. Just had one of the oldie but goodies from Built Bar. The original chocolate-covered coconut. That was one of the first flavors that got me hooked. Listened to a sports podcast claiming, man, it tastes just like a Mounds bar. And I'm like, it can't. It can't possibly taste just like that. Folks, it does. And that's one of the first things that got me hooked on Built Bar. They are the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. And if you want to try it now, whether it's chocolate-covered coconut or all of their phenomenal flavors, if you like marshmallowy stuff, their puff line is just for you. So many great flavors to choose from, all of them covered in real chocolate, loaded with protein and flavor, not packed and loaded, though, with carbs, calories, and sugar. If you want to give it a shot, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code at checkout to get 15% off, whether it's your first or next or next or next or next or next order. When you go to Built.com for Built Bar, Built.com, promo code DACE for 15% off for Built Bar at Built.com. Todd, do you have any thoughts on that chart that we play, that we yeah. uh, displayed? Again, that comes from data from Johns Hopkins and Our World and Data that was compiled by the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance. And if people are asking me, where can I get that chart? Uh, it's up on my Twitter feed, my Getter feed. Uh, and also my uh, my Gab feed it'll, and Parlor feeds. It'll be on my Facebook and uh, MeWe feeds uh, here in about uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's a Tolstoy novel. It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Uh, my goodness. Uh, Aaron, I don't want you to be too hard on yourself. Uh, all of us, including me, had instincts, certainly at certain times in the narrative, like, we might wake up this time, aren't we? Aren't we tired of this yet? And I think it's largely because we were so tired of it, and we got had to think there's just that much common uh, human experience. But no, I I I knew this right from the beginning uh, when we had somebody within the conservative sphere 
we've named, I won't name him today. We know who he is. But, you know, when ta- constantly talking about being deathly afraid of an outdoor vegetable stand, but also just Netflix and chill. The same guy saying this thing. So this wasn't, it, it's not just a conservative or a liberal thing or an anything. It, this is, it is definitely a first world comfort addicted to a lot of garbage that's been taught to you at elite institutions like Harvard that Steve just got done uh, talking about. We think we're so damn smart and we're so damn stupid. The magical power of vaccines. I've been telling you. This is it. We are so drunk on notions of what we want to believe is true other than what is true. And we do it beginning at the uh, cradle with medicine, thinking this baby is born and created in the image of likeness of God. There's so many people that have so much wealth and so much access to all this medicine, and they are deathly afraid that this thing is a death trap here. And instantly just start injecting them needles, 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 more and more every year. Christians! I mean it. You know it's true by now. If it was a choice between baptism or vaccination, you know which one many of them would take. The lies are so deep because, yes, of our addiction to comfort. We need a Spartan revival as much as anything else. What's a man? What's a woman? What are they called to do and be? And we need to get up in many different ways. I'm Catholic. This is what Lent's all about. We all need a Lent in our lives. We all need to suffer a little bit more to teach ourselves some lessons about duty and sacrifice and honor. Because the other side, in that montage, Quintez Brown, that guy's not a one-off. There are many people out there in all manners of walks of life, in the institutions, the respectable people who are writing one thing, but inside they are seething with rage and they're ready to pull a trigger. And all they need is an Order 66 moment. These people hate us. They want to end us one way or the other. And we spent the last two years believing that we could be saved by all of our lies. And look what it got us. Stare at that and choke on it. Sit the buy, seller, hold. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Otherwise, we have a wonderful singing voice. Uh, let's get to buy, sell, or hold. Brought to you by our friends over at Bonner Private Wine, because you might need a glass of that right about now. Uh, and if you want to try uh, some of the best wines, red wines particularly, in the world, uh, grown at 9,000 feet, these Malbec grapes in the Andes Mountains by families that have been doing this now for going on a couple of centuries, uh, no chemical, not loaded with chemicals and preservatives and a bunch of other gunk, this is the really good stuff. And uh, you can see now why Todd has drank more of those red wines than uh, either Aaron or I have. I'm uh, out, by the way. Are you out I'm already? Out. Already? Okay, wow. Uh, so if you want to give it a shot right now, Todd can, more than the two of us, but Aaron and I liked these quite a bit. Todd really likes these. All right. This is Todd's, the closest thing that we've found to Todd for Built Bar. Fair? Can I, can, I was just going to say, can yes. I be that? Can I, This I, is your Built Bar? Whatever, whatever you need. I'll say it. I'll do it. I'll be it. All right. So the Urzenhaus, these are a big hit if you want to try them as well. 
Who says that Todd is just an all-vinegar, all-the-time guy? All right, 50% off the wine and 50% off the shipping. No promo code needed. Just go to the website, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Bonner, B-O-N-N-E-R, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. So here's how Buy, Seller, Hold works. Aaron, with some suggestions from you in the audience, we'll throw towards uh, Todd and I a, a series of predictions or statements or lists no topic is off limits whatsoever, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll have a good reason why we'll choose that we buy that, why we choose that we sell that. If, however, you choose to use a hold and you punk out for any reason whatsoever, other than, wow, that's absolutely lame, you can't drink any more of the, of the Bonner wine. A quick correction as well. I'm not trying to pull your pants down here. Again, that's the second time this week I've I've said that. Todd Todd only likes vinegar, okay? There's just pre-vinegar and then real vinegar because that's what wine is. I mean, it turns into vinegar True. eventually. Yeah, so. uh, once it sours, yeah, you're right yeah. about that. Yeah, good point. Uh, you guys ready to go? Ready to go? Let's yeah. go. Sons of Liberty says the same people responsible for COVID are already preparing for the next one. Using Canada's response to the convoy as a tip of the spear, they'll launch their assault on liberties everywhere. Bye. Um, Bye. I'll let you answer first. Well, don't you? Yesterday with this um, defiant L's, I, my reaction to this is like, I don't you think between now and the uh, midterms, the great Twitter purge and tw- Trump's uh, platform. I mean, th- again, that is a, a, it takes screenshots of tweets mm-hmm. that have not been. So for people that aren't on Twitter, because remember, yes. like 80% of Twitter accounts are not from the correct, U.S. Correct. Okay. Well, take it um, from here, yeah. So Defiant L's, all it does is it just keeps a running record of crazy things that, that lefties have said in the past. And then whenever they contradict those things or go against them, like I, the, you guys saw a graphic I posted on my Facebook page here earlier this week, the Washington Post uh, basically running an editorial in its business section, shut up and wear a mask, and then turning right around and now running an editorial now saying, well, mask mandates didn't really work anyway. That graphic actually came from Defiant L's. All right. And so that's what they do. They just, they're like freezing cold takes for Democrats. Okay. They just... Or for elites, they just keep track of the stuff you say that gets proven to be not true later. And then when you admit that it's not true later, they put that together with what you previously either didn't know or lied about into one nifty little graphic that absolutely does, as Aaron has mentioned a couple times, way too much recently, pulls your pants down. Yes. And that's all they do. There's like no other commentary. There's nothing else they do. It's just image capturing of their actual comments. And they got banned for that yesterday. So I don't... I, there's all kinds of ways this can manifest itself, but that's one way I was thinking of it. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not going to stop. Nothing was learned. They have not felt any pain yet. We are at the, how many steps in AA? What, you know, look at the Rob. Um, 12. Uh, yeah. The Canadian Rob. Uh, Rob Dreer. No, no uh, Rob Ford. Ford, yeah. that you just got done talking about. He just went finally to step two. We got a lot to go to before they say, uh, yeah, you, you, you need a punch in the mouth. Most people are a long way from that, so they're going to keep marching. Can you put the question back up there again for me? Sure. Because the way I take the the way I take the 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 context of the question is that he means this in a viral form. Am I wrong? Mm. So, so do I believe they'll just roll out another virus here in a year? No, I don't. 
Yeah, I don't believe that. Th- that's because th- that's the way I kind of took the question. Okay, is is will will there be another contrived crisis? Well, they're trying to contrive one in Ukraine yeah. right now. Okay, that's all they do yeah. uh, is contrive crises. We we have shown them, and that's what my book "Do What You Believe" highlights. We have shown them through COVID that by utilizing public health fear, that we will we will offer them um, intimate access to our loins and brains that they've tried to get through global warming and now climate change and all their pet issues, and we've not. We've not responded to. We've <clears throat> we've not been the Pavlovian dogs that they had hoped in response to those issues. And most of us don't care. This one, though, they figured out how can they make us all care. And so if you mean that more generally, I agree. But if you mean that specifically, we'll just go right back to another. Vi- I, I don't believe we will see that. No, I don't. So I guess I don't know the answer. I, I, you went, yeah, I, after so I don't know what again, the context I do, is. I do see it as a viral. Okay, as if it's if it's viral, viral, then I will sell. I I don't think the the I don't think they will run back the exact same playbook that got exposed this time. Do I agree with what you also said about mass purging? I, I think actually the emergence of Trump's social site will spur this on. Yeah, because I think they can just say, well, now you guys can have your own Fox News, your own Blaze, and you can all just go over there. That I could absolutely say um, I, that I think that with the Trump name now, <clears throat> that it might be looked at as more legitimate than than we're not being banished to some form of an intellectual ghetto, you know, than some of these other sites that don't have that kind of traffic and are more startups or independent go getters like a gab. Okay. In this case, now that the Trump mega name is behind it, he can be the Rupert Murdoch of social media. This is the new alternative sites where all the righties go and they they'll still cover what we say in those arenas and mock it and stuff. But then just like just like people like me and you uh, aren't guests on CNN and MSNBC anymore. Right. I can see that happening here where. The, the interaction between the two sides doesn't exist on Twitter in these places any longer. And, and we're and we will now with the emergence of Trump's platform because of the presumption of how how big it will be and, and the resources he has. That will be like the social media Fox News. I could see that. Let me ask you a question because you love these questions. Mm-hmm. Could, could his if, let's say this this thing is hugely successful. If it's a good product. Let's say it's if huge, it's Trump Tower, not Trump yeah. wine. If it's okay? hugely successful. Trump, that stock, you, we see somebody posted a graphic uh, of how far Twitter stock has dropped mm-hmm. because of all that. Let's say Trump, let's say Trump's exceeding it. He's, he's an older man now. Let's say he's feeling that business, your fired energy and all that. Could the success of this counter into, could it actually lead him to not running for president if it's successful? No, the, it would be the opposite. I, most of me thinks yes, but I would wonder no, if there, he would just there, be there, like. No, there, there's no. Don't ever assuage. Don't ever ascribe anything to Trump beyond craven instinct. Do you give me? No, 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 no. I tried. I tried. A guy is eighty years old. He is what he is. Okay, barring intervention of the Holy Spirit at that point. So that's going to be further confirmation that I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I know. I'm gonna I get know. my vengeance against the system. I so. Know. So, no, the only thing that will stop Donald Trump being the nominee in 2024 is his health. I I tried to be optimistic. I'll go back to being full-time bitter. I I really (laughs) apologize, America. (laughs) 
Uh, Worship leader Caleb says, none of this year's AFC-NFC championship game representatives, Chiefs, Bengals, Rams, 49ers, will be in the AFC-NFC championship games next year. So, I'll buy. Because you're talking about a league that since 1990 has averaged about five new playoff teams a year. Could I see the Titans and Ravens in the in the AFC? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely you could. Or... Um, uh, uh, Packers, or, the, or you could just Packers. why not just the Bills and the Ravens? Yeah. We, we just oh, heard yeah. yesterday though that it's more likely the Rams get back, which is no easy thing, than the Bengals ever get there again. So we feel relatively don't ever get there again. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. he's Dan Marino and he never gets back yeah, again. But yeah. that, so we have a relative. Uh, it's no easy thing to repeat going back when but, you're when you're when you're dealing with how many. Hall of Fame trajectory quarterbacks. We're not even talking about a guy like Justin Herbert, okay? How many Hall of Fame trajectory quarterbacks are in the AFC? And then you look at how many aren't in the NFC. Both of those dynamics actually create yep. a lot of turmoil, all right? So I I, I think it's, it's, it's far more likely that none of them are there at this time next year than several of them are. So I'll buy. All we need is one, though. All you need is one, yeah. 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 Uh, next is 79 model Chris who has Can we go back to that list. question? Sure. If we say Chiefs are off the table, every other team that played in the championship round, the other three, there's a, that won't be back next year. Would you have taken that bet then? Yeah. Because of Mahomes factor? Yeah. Well, I, but I either way, but if the Rams weren't, I need both the Rams and the Chiefs give me a lot of confidence that one of them will just get to the, cha- not the Super Bowl, the championship game. Okay. Uh, let's see. Quickly, we have a minute to do this. Man, we've got a 10. No a way 10 we can do this in a minute. There's no way we can do no that way we can in, do this in a minute. minute. Let's come back to this uh, later. This one's a quickie. Uh, Ted says the electric vehicle push will fail miserably. Sell. Wow, really? Yeah, because there's a, it's, it's what I told you guys about when Colin Kaepernick launched a line on Nike, and it was wildly successful. The best thing about You're not Tesla their primary is not customer. that they're functional, it's that they're cool. Yeah, I mean, hmm. we're not their customer. You know, it, it will. It's going to fail in several places around the country, and other places around the country. It's this will be a new way to show virtue. This will be a new way to show I am. I'm. I'm now one of the good people. So uh, no, it won't systemically fail. It, the, the other America, they're they're going to. You know, I mean, these things are coming in hot. They're going to buy them like hotcakes. It's another symbol of just how much more evolved and wiser and better and smarter and virtuous you are than you know those plebes and those uh, fly, in the flyover countries. So I'll sell. I don't like you today. (laughs) Well, I don't like me either. (laughs) All right, we'll come back. More buy, sell, or hold. And uh, more uh, Jimmy kicks uh, to Todd uh, with the steel toed boot uh, when we return. Stay tuned. And greetings back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can access it via email. That's D-E-A-C-E. Look for Steve Dace on uh, Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can also go to at Steve Dace Show on Getter and Twitter, and then get clips of the show over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. We want to say hello to all of you that listen to the podcast version. You're a big part of our show's audience and ongoing growth. Please, if you've yet to do so, 
Leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. I don't know if you can leave multiple five-star reviews. I'm willing to find out if you are. I mean, after all, the theme of this year's show is let's find out. So let's find out if you can do that. Uh, But thanks to all of you that have done those things already. If you've yet to do so and are willing to do it for us today, let us thank you for that in advance. Part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold brought to you by Patriot Mobile. There is a full-scale assault on your rights and freedom of speech. Do you guys see the YouTube CEO is urging governments to pass laws that allow them to more tightly control what gets published on YouTube? Did you see that? Just said that earlier today. I did not. And like I said, I don't like you today. Yeah, I know. I know. But this just goes to my theory that I just came up with out of the blue 15 minutes ago on this show, that if Trump's social media platform is, is good not just has his name or an alternative outlet, but from a technical standpoint is sound. Okay. I could see mass purgings on Twitter and Facebook and them just telling people like us, you have your Fox news now, you know, we don't want you on our CNN or MSNBC roundtables anymore to dunk on us. Um, enjoy your side of the aisle. <clears throat> and, and the fact that, and that might stop a Republican Congress next year from aggressively coming after them on a regulatory standpoint, because after mm-hmm. all, why would you want to be on CNN and MSNBC now when you can be on Fox? You see what I'm saying? No. I, I could see that dynamic playing itself out. Okay. So by extension now, though, if this thing is a failure, is Trump over as presidential candidate? I think it would harm him. Yeah. Whether he's over, he's got too big and loyal of a base to ever be over, but would it harm him? Yeah. I mean, uh, that poll in Texas today, did you guys see this? No. There's a t- there's a poll of Texas primary voters today, and what it found was r- they prefer Ron DeSantis for president in 2024, Texas Republicans, over Greg Abbott. Now, that's a yo in and of itself, right? How about the margin? It's 46 to 13. Wow. 46 to 13 is the margin in this poll of Texas primary voters preferring Ron DeSantis for president. Uh, over uh, over Greg Abbott. So the thing with, we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, and Patreon Mobile's like, don't forget our ad. I won't. But the thing if you with Trump is you have to, to me, the only way you can beat him is is you have to show that his window has passed, that that he's no longer ahead of the curve anymore. He's not... He's, he's reactionary now. He's not, he, that was the frustration going against him with the Cruz campaign. He was ahead of us on immigration. Hell, Trump was the first guy to say defund Planned Parenthood when the Delighton videos came out. He got to that before we even did. Okay. He just, he got ahead of us rhetorically and all of us on virtually every issue. We were constantly felt like we were playing from behind. Right. And if this thing launches and it's not successful, then it kind of maybe looks like maybe he's the guy that's kind of behind, which is why I'm confident it's successful. I've already seen, they, they've let me see the beta version of it. And I think that th- that also shows why this has taken so long to launch is I think they recognize that whatever he formally puts his name on next, I mean, it's got to be, you got to stick the landing on the moon, brother. What you know is what I'm the saying? date for the... I, I was told it was sometime in late February, but I don't know what the exact date is. So that's basically is. the start of the campaign then. Okay. Pretty much. I know he's got a statement up on kind of the host site today, right? So anyway, this is this whole conversation is just a derivative of how corporate America 
in too many sectors, unfortunately, is against us, which is why when you have an option to do business with those that don't try to undo your way of life, but even share your values, take full advantage of it, especially if you don't have to downgrade in product at all. Our family made the switch to Patreon Mobile back in October after putting it off for several years because we thought it was going to be a hassle and we got just used to being with T-Mobile for 20 years, got the exact same coverage that we always got. Uh, They made it as seamless for us as possible. We even took the opportunity to upgrade a couple of phones because we were overdue for that on the tech side. So if you want to make the switch today, first of all, if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. They will offer you even bigger uh, discounts for that. For the rest of us right now, they've got specials going on all the time right now. Get a free activation with my last name as your offer code DACE. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash DACE or Steve, patriotmobile.com slash DACE or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. All right, Aaron, let's continue. All right, now we get to 79 model Chris who has the 10 best 80s TV drama Theme songs. Okay. Number 10, Hill Street Blues. Uh, absolutely yep. belongs on the list. Yeah. Number nine, In the Heat of the Night. I don't think that's better than Hill Street Blues, but they're right next to each other. Okay. Right? So, but also, I'll accept it. I, okay. Magnum P.I. Of course. Yes. Chips. Of course. Is that more 70s, though? I mean, I know it went, I think it was on in like wow. 80 and 81, but is that more 70s? I guess if, since it was on yeah, in the 80s, we're, we're going to go with yeah. it. Okay. We're not okay. 70s. Because it, it, is, it is iconic. So sure. Uh, Miami Vice. I mean, you talk about iconic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dallas. Dallas, yeah, of course, was debuted in the 70s. This should be number one. To me, I think this is the, this might be the most iconic TV theme song maybe of, hmm. of all time. I, I think Interesting. It's, it's clearly on. At least in the drama category, it's clearly on that list. It, it should be higher. So, I'll, but I'll buy number four, Simon and Simon. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall that either. And there's no way it should be ahead of Dallas. So I'll sell number three, A team. Of course, that's up there too in terms of you know transcendent TV theme songs. So yeah, that belongs on the list. Number two, Greatest American I, Hero. I mean, that was a number one yes. song on the Billboard chart. So yeah. Believe it or not, I'm walking oh. on air. I never thought I could feel so free. E.E. Flying away on a wing in a prayer. Who could it be? Believe it or not, it's uh, just me. I, I can't know. believe I still know the I words I still to know that. it too. I've sung them to my kids just so they oh, looked yeah. at me with that weird look. Yeah. Uh, and number one, Knight Rider. Sal, it's not number one. It's not number one. It should be on the... I mean, it should be on the list, but, but it's not, it's number, not number, one. number one. Dallas should be number one. Gotcha. All right, here's another list. This is great from uh, big tech inmate Alexander Rogers. Top gaslighting books to be released post-pandemic. We'll take these one at a time. Killing Medical Apartheid <laughs> by Bill O'Reilly. Oh, my. If that's where we're starting, I don't think I can make it through the end of this list. I'm now, I'm just like you said this, I hate you. I hate Alexander Rogers yes. today. If we're starting here, listen, if you're trying to, if you're trying to cut me deep, Shrek, all right, having a guy who came on my network to lie to our people and promote their side's propaganda, then turn around because his name's Bill O'Reilly and mine is not. And, and retcon gaslight himself as COVID warrior to sell about 3 million more books than we did. If that happens, guys, I'm just telling you, someone else will be sitting here. I won't be able to go on. I, I will, because at that point, it's not even about him. The audience I'm trying to mobilize and serve is so far gone, is so soft-headed, that it's just, 
not worth my time to continue to do this and all the heat and everything that comes with it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm traumatized right now, guys. I'm freaking triggered. Okay. <laughs> I am freaking triggered right now at the idea that killing COVID or killing him, which by the way, like all the other killing books, he didn't, he won't actually write this one either. Um, I, I just, I can't continue on. Okay. We, we, which is why we, we must, we must stop the list now. No, we must stop it. No. COVID fascism, the not-so-secret history of COVID cultists from Trump to definitely not me by Jonah Goldberg. (laughs) Alexander, you magnificent SOB. I'm just going to give you the last one. Are you serious? You can't go on with this list. Go ahead. I'm okay. just, I may not, I don't, I don't think I can comment on each of these though. Okay. okay. East of vegetable stand by Eric Erickson. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just, oh my it? word. I'm, I'm doing the hunger games. <laughs> Put on the music. <laughs> You're this not one, worthy. This one is my favorite. How I and my friend Donald J. Trump saved Texas, supporting Donald J. Trump and helping Donald J. Trump when Donald J. Trump needed me the most. The Greg Abbott story featuring Donald J. Trump by Greg Abbott. Wow. I mean, wow. This needs to be immortalized. Okay. Vax, wow. Vax don't care about your feelings. How Vares threaten the free world by Ben Shapiro. Get, get, okay. Okay. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> mask 22 by robert redfield that's pretty good that is no i I haven't moved on from the previous one yet conservatives in the dock the christian argument for health mandates by david french oh gosh You get us, Alexander. You Assembling us. the Dream Team by Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander, you have killed Steve. I'm um, dead, guys. I'm, uh, the, the, I'm, I'm dead right now. This segment needs to go free on all our socials. I've been dead from the very first, the very first listing. I've been. I, I mean, I haven't gotten up from that one. Okay. My first term by Jared Kushner. Oh my word! Oh gosh! Oh oh gosh! I, I, this is. This I is, can't. I can't. This is fun, Nehemiah. I, I am doing a great <laughs> and important work. This is this is how I make other people feel now, and I'm really uncomfortable. I'm like so. I have never been more triggered at any point in my life than I am right now. I am maybe for the oh. first time ever completely and undeniably triggered right this minute. I'm triggered, guys. Bedazzled, saving lives in style by <laughs> Debbie Burks. <laughs> Following in my father's footsteps by Peter Daszak. I think that's like a uh, an omen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 um, reference um, a little bit. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. And finally, if comma I did it by Anthony Fauci. No, no. <laughs> Like the OJ book, if I did it. (laughs) Should we just retire this entire segment now? Y'all have work to do after that. I I mean, Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. Uh, You may have your own show after that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That is one of the best entries 
ever. I, I, guys, I, I seriously feel like I'm having a panic attack and like I'm like I'm short of breath. Like half of those I could actually see. Because I could and yeah. and it, it, it just hits me in a real dark place both personally and professionally and I'm stung right now. I'm stung right now, guys. Let's try to go on. Uncomfortably Dumb says, for college football fans, here's a little whiplash, a 10-game conference schedule with two Power 5 non-con games is superior to an 8-game conference schedule with four non-con games. Yeah, of course that's better for fans. You get more, you get better games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yes. All right. Moving on. Truth Over Vax has another list for us. Top 10 movie sequels. Can, can, Can we just take his... So every time I look at the screen, I don't have to see that list. Can it go off the screen? Can no, you get rid of it? I'm sorry. Not without blowing everything up. up. Yeah. Just assembling the dream team by Mike Pence. I can't, I can't. I just burning a hole. Vax don't care about your feelings. I just I can't. <laughs> I don't know that I can recover from that. I, I just don't know that I can. I don't know. Oh, man. Um, Truth over Vax says top 10 movie sequels, part two movies only. Okay. Number 10, Ghostbusters 2. Great movie. Yeah, it, it is good. I, I got to see what else is on the list, though, to know, yeah. you know where it belongs, but okay. Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, good. Really good. It's certainly, I wouldn't put it ahead of Ghostbusters 2. So, I'll sell there. I'll buy. Number 8, Airplane 2. I've never seen Airplane 2. I, I, I certainly wouldn't put it ahead of Ghostbusters 2, so I'll yeah, sell there, too. Yeah, I would too. not put it ahead of either of those two. Uh, number seven, Rocky two. Wow, if that's seven, we're gonna, this is going to be good. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good sequel. Uh, I actually think Rocky three is even better. It's my favorite one series. But. Number six, of the series. Yeah, I love Rocky three. Starts out, you know, with that, okay, with that, mo- with that homage oh, to the yeah. end of Rocky two and the long version of of the of the Rocky theme. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's great. And it's then just, then I the Tiger take. and yeah. Mr T and I yeah. love Rocky three. Yeah. yeah. Number six, Aliens. Game over, man. It's absolutely, yeah. it's even, it's better than the original, yeah. actually. Yes, so, is. in fact, if it's number six, I'd like to see what the next five are. Yeah. yeah. Number five, Superman 2. Yes. Oh, man. I just, I still remember. Yeah, Righteous. I, is it a better sequel than Aliens? Zod, man. Okay. You going against Zod? Okay. I, I, like, I mean, you... Hey, if you're gonna, if that shows some I know, that's, humility that's, and introspection there, yeah. if you're willing to just not go full oh, jingoist, believe then. me, if I have, I have nothing right now, if not humility, I am <laughs> as humbled as I have ever been after what uh, Mr. Rogers has done, the neighborhood he took us to. Yes, <laughs> yes okay. there it is. There's I want, the show. I want to get evicted from that neighborhood. All right, that's a freaking dead end street. Number four, The Dark Knight. That's it's, it's one of the greatest sequels and and movies period of all time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number three, Star Trek Two. There it is. Yeah. I mean, you want and, and you want to talk about sequels better than the original. I mean, and what I've, what I always love about Star Trek Two as well is when they finally made Star Trek the motion picture. Man, they tried to go like heavy into Roddenberry's yeah. worldview and mythology with V'ger and all that kind of stuff, and people are like, "This is really boring." And so they're like, "This next one, here's what we're gonna do." We're ditching like the rainbow flag, Starfleet uniforms. Everybody's wearing like warrior Tiger Woods red. All right. And we're going to make, we're going to out Star Wars, Star Wars. We're going to put an even better dogfight 
in space than what Star Wars has done so far and fully full throat embrace the Reagan 80s. And they did. And Ricardo Montalban is your quintessential flamboyant, way too much. You're not asking him how many pieces of flair he's wearing on his uniform. He's he is the quintessential flamboyant 80s villain. He's even got a glorious platinum blonde mullet. Okay, freaking love Star Trek, too. And whoever you are that sent me the note a week ago that there is a 40th anniversary reissue of Star Trek 2 coming out in theaters in September. I love that movie. I mean, I, I mean, I can still recite it almost line from line once it gets going. I love that film. It, now, it's not it, it, the Dark Knight should be higher on the list, but I'd put it in my top five. So I'm OK with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think it's the greatest sequel movie ever made. Um, I think it's arguably the greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. I mean, period. I mean, it. it is, uh, it, it's, it's flawless filmmaking. It's special effects hold up to this day. The Williams took, takes the musical score from Star Wars to a next friggin' level, man. I, I mean, I, 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 until Return of the King, it was... M- that was my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against that. I mean, <clears throat> going to number one here. Number one is Godfather Part Two. And most people would say this is the best sequel. Yeah. And I'm fine Can't if you say that. that. Can't argue with it. it. It certainly belongs on the list. You know, I mean, it, but it's not like the first one, you know, was a ham and egger, you know? Not like the first one was hitting bloop singles out there at the plate. I mean, the first one is considered arguably the greatest movie of well, all time. Okay. That's why I think this deserves to be number one because, because of the bar that was star set. wars okay. was great but it was it it was so new technology all that stuff i mean it, it's a really fun story um but it, it's if you if the technological marvel aside it's not as big of a storytelling achievement as no, the original it's, Godfather. It's, so you it, had to it, match It's very that. formulaic, actually. Yes, yes. And it was intended to do that. Exactly. I mean, Lucas was heavily influenced by the Saturday morning serials he watched at yeah. the theaters as a kid. Empire now is a is total different level of yeah. storytelling. Yeah. yeah. You're right. That's a good point. Okay. Next, we'll go to good list. Dylan Hinkle, who says uh, Democrat governorships that will flip to Republican in the midterms by selling and holding these individually. Kansas. Oh, that's a metaphysical certitude. Yep. Michigan. Oh, man, that weird place. Um, I don't... I mean, she's she's tried to triangulate hard. Yep. I don't pay attention to the news if they're buying it there, but I can't go... I, I learned my lesson earlier about being too optimistic, so I'll sell. Tell me I'm wrong, Steve. Her individual numbers are really bad, and... You can tell that that the Republicans find her vulnerable by the amount of people that are running in that primary right now. But that other that also can make it difficult to bring people together behind a candidate after that primary is over. Okay, so I don't I'll buy because I don't think her fate is in her hands at all. I I think I don't think she can win. I I do think the Republicans can blow it if they're, you know, I, 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 I. I've spent some time up there recently, (laughs) but the Republican Party is it, it. is not just segmented in, in in Michigan. The conservative grassroots is very is very mm-hmm. segmented, you know. So it, it it's not like you know there's three hack establishment candidates and one good conservative. We've got now multiple candidates that the conservative grassroots all likes yeah. at the exact same time. Yep. And then then and then our people are the ones that usually get butt hurt when their guy doesn't win. Okay, and so 
I think I'll buy because she does not control her own fate is what I would, how I would analyze it. Wow. Can we follow up something from Alexander Rogers? No, but we got to finish that list though. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I got so distracted by this. Um, Number three, Minnesota. That place is crazy. Sell. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to sell too. I mean, the numbers in Minnesota looked very favorable for Trump in 2020. And I mean, he got wiped out there by like nine or 10 points. So I'm from Missouri. You got to show me before I'm going to preemptively buy on Minnesota. I'll sell. Four is Wisconsin. I'll buy on Wisconsin. I will buy. In fact, I'd put Wisconsin ahead of Michigan right now as a potential pickup without even knowing the candidates, Mm -hmm. but just looking at the atmosphere, you don't have You've got a far less, uh, you've got a far less compelling incumbent there. Um, And and Wisconsin was the first state to reopen, remember, by Supreme Court decree. I will buy. Yeah. Number five, Illinois. So. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to sell because chances are. Just looking at its history, whoever the Illinois Republican Party, if they were able to pull it out, we'd probably hate them anyway, and that wouldn't make much of a difference. So I'll sell on that one. Number six, Colorado. Sell. There's a politically savvy governor there. Is it Paulus? Is that who it is? Jared Paulus, I believe. He's politically savvy. I think he was the first Democrat to come out and say the emergency was over. But, But the demographics of that state, you guys have heard me say that it's one of the true last 50 50 states left in the country so he's kind of the opposite of whitmer all right in that he's beatable but i think he does control his own destiny so i i definitely would want to know who the republican candidate is opposite him so i, I but i think he's beatable in in this atmosphere i mean guys if we're running if we're running school board recalls in san francisco guys jared Paulus is beatable in colorado so I'll, ten, I'll uh, hesitantly buy. All right. You ready to hear this? No. This is from Alexander Rogers. I'm not ready to hear so anything the, more the, from Mr. Already, Rogers. He's the already Peter, doing okay? his part two? It is not the, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The, the, okay? the Peter Daszak following in my father's footsteps. Have you heard anything about Peter Daszak's father? No. no. That one I, was, I felt like I was in a black hole. Alexander Rogers says, by the way, little known fact, Peter Daszak's father uh, was an OUN youth member and Nazi death camp guard. It's a well-hidden secret, but some surface digging and you'll find it. Is this oh. real? Not like, is Justin Trudeau really Fidel Castro's oh, that's love real. child? I haven't gone back and forth with <laughs> Alexander. I don't think I don't think he... Uh, it better be. <laughs> We're on Chris Christie French fry territory. Yeah. yeah. You need that one? Yeah, yeah I feel you. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think he buys into uh, unfounded things. All right. Continuing on with buy, sell, or hold... Um, there's no way that we're going to supersede that on any of the uh, next shows, but uh, we will continue and and try to nonetheless. Chris Goebel has. I would the prefer top that we don't. I would prefer that we don't. Super Bowl halftime performances, 2014. Bruno Mars. Never saw it. Uh. So sell so. top five all time. Yep. I remember being a good. Oh, okay. I'll, for tentatively, I will buy. Number four, 2002. U2. That's good. Oh, that should be number one in my view. So That's I'll great. buy it. Yep. Uh, number three, 2022, Dre, Snoop, and Company. Didn't see a second, so I got to sell. Sell. 1993, Michael Jackson. Yeah, I'm okay with that I, being on the list. I don't remember it. I, I remember Do it you? well. Yeah, I remember that one. 2007, yeah. Prince. 
Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. That would have been after The Who, or bef- before The Who. Remember, I said to you guys the other day, uh, when The Who went out there about a decade ago, and I watched Daltrey just croak his way through classic songs he can't sing anymore, I just tapped out of watching the Super Bowl halftime show ever since. Now, didn't, I'm an old guy, but did, what did, McCartney did one, right? Wasn't that really yeah, good? Yeah, that's happened before. I can't remember what year it was. I can look it up, but yeah, he's done it before. All right, moving on. Russ Salerno says the deep state will infiltrate America's trucker convoy to D.C. to stage another insurrection. Of course, it's the easiest buy in the world if there is an actual convoy. I haven't really seen much of it. Yeah, I mean, I could. So any attempt like the National Front marching. So anything. Okay. Okay. Now, if if, if we're emphasizing the word anything, then Mm -hmm. I will buy. Okay. F.U. Paladin says, uh, we spent too much time teaching about the evil things Nazis believed and not enough time learning how they made people believe them. Oh, that'll preach yeah. right there. Absolutely. Bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Jeremiah Peterson says, Aaron should return to throwing in dad jokes in small bursts. Oh. No. <laughs> Sell. Sell. Talk about triggered. Yikes. This reminds me, Bella and I were at a funeral this weekend. <laughs> Some old guy uh, in our church passed away. And we don't know everybody in our church, but some dude really disheveled. He was wearing this, uh, you know, those uh, those raccoon skin hats that, that you have. Walked into the service, went up to the widow, and this is happening right in front of us. Went up to the widow and said, excuse me, may I say a word? And so he goes up to the front of the, the auditorium uh, in the sanctuary and yells out, bargain. And we were like, what in the world? And he just goes back down and sits, sits in the back. What in the world was that? So we uh, we saw the widow actually after the service go over uh, to the guy with the the weird hat and uh, say thank you that means a great deal. Bill Zadu says the coordinated relaxation of mandates across America and the globe are just a measured and planned release valve, and we should expect a return to full full blown tyranny soon, only harder. I can't concentrate after what you just did. <laughs> so bad, it was so bad. Dad jokes into considering global domination. Um, that was I can't so pivot that fast. I'm just going to whisper like Joe Biden. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> sell. Sell. Sell on this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, let's see. Lou Marconi says Aerosmith will get canceled for the 1987 song Dude Looks Like a Lady. How has that not happened yet? Hmm. Let's find Cause out. Because it, it was a 1987 song. I mean, are they still touring and attempting to sing it? Then it went. Then it might be an issue. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see it if they tried that. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Worship leader Caleb says the Major League Baseball uh, lockout continues beyond expected opening day of March 31st. What do you think? I'll let, I'll defer to you yeah. on this. I forgot there was a, a blackout. I, I kind of forget. I, I forget until, like, there is last one. week. Yeah. I, I, I'm selling. Do you not know what time it is, baseball? If you if you do that, good grief. So sell. Well, I mean, this would be Pete pitchers and catchers reporting right about now. Usually yeah, it's around yeah. Valentine's yeah, Day, right? Yeah. So you're looking at some form of a delay, aren't you? I mean, if they don't start spring training well, here in the next do- week or two. What then- was your date, Aaron? March. Uh, March 31st is supposed to be opening day. Well, I don't know yeah, how they're going to possibly make that then. Yeah. We're not even, we, I mean... We don't even have a, 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 a time for spring training. You got to at least give that a month, don't you? At least a month. Uh, so we're sitting here on February 16th, and we don't even know when spring training is going to begin. Okay, I'll okay. T- you convince me. Plus, they're also experimenting with 
you know, instant replay on balls. Of course, they're that stupid. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they could again. possibly make opening day now. I don't. So I'll buy. All right. That's it. For buy, sell, or hold. Seriously, how how are we going to make Alexander Rogers as famous he deserves after what he just accomplished? I, I don't want anyone to read the dark hold. I am I'm not <laughs> promoting that. Okay. I mean, I already wrote a nefarious plot. I'm not promoting any more demonic works. I'm not. I don't want anybody else to read that. Okay. And it should never have. It should never have been exposed to me, let alone this audience, because it's a moment I may never recover from. Okay. So thank you for that. Um, finally, some good news. The weekly profit of Woe and Lamentation yeah. is next. <laughs> Stay tuned. Well, before you know it, the warmer weather will be here. In fact, we might be looking at 60 here on Saturday or Sunday, yeah. guys. So uh, heading down to Florida, I am uh, a week from today, actually, a little winter getaway uh, to take uh, the family down to Universal Studios. So it'll hopefully be a lot warmer down there. And you know what that means. Excess sweating uh, can return as well or just stressful situations uh, like maybe our buddy Alexander Rogers will face some excess sweating now after uh, the infamy that he has cast himself into, the newfound scrutiny that he will find, uh, what it's like to be under the spotlight, public speaking, job interviews, the kinds of things that can cause excess sweating because we get nervous. Not anymore with our friends over at Sweatblock. Just take their wipes, wipe down your pits before you go to bed, and you're good to go for several days, up to a week with just one of those on each arm. You can get their fantastic uh, additional products as well, the deodorant, which I like to use, and it, boy, it... It works like a champ. They've got deodorant lotions as well that uh, help you with excessive sweating in some of those, shall we say, more sensitive and intimate areas. Whichever is the issue for you when it comes to excess sweat, let Sweatblock help you to do something about it. Get 20% off right now when you go to sweatblock.com. Sweatblock, just like it sounds, 20% off at sweatblock.com. If you use the promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. Let's bring in someone who likes to make other people sweat. Uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Great to be back with you, Steve, as always. So let us begin with, uh, I, I, I'm sure you join me in being very concerned to learn that our military apparently cares so little about the collective health of the one and a half million men and women that are enlisted in the armed forces that it is now admitting it has not really kept an up-to-date and accurate database of uh, all of their health screenings and um, codings and various other things involving their physical health. You mean you would think that, you know, maintaining accurate data about the physical health of your fighting force would be among your highest priorities of a modern army and military. But alas, we have learned recently, Daniel, that apparently is just not the case. They've got a lot. They've got five years of backdating uh, and upgrading and updating they have to do. Who knew? Well, Steve, it's only the data that's used by the whistleblower. So when they use 2016, it starts from there. But they actually have data from before then as well with different ICD codes. So I think they're updating those as as well. Um, somehow the data gap only concerns what is alleged to be a potential side effect. Meaning they were up to date on everything else other than the stuff that would be a potential side effect from the jab. But they exactly. were up to date so on all the other codes. 
tick-borne diseases, things like that. Um, <laughs> it's pretty stagnant. So I guess they had the full array of um, billing codes for those things. Look, it's not just the data. What it is is these military doctors, and there's about, I want to say, 46 of them working on this so far. Uh, most of them are obviously in the background, and they're not willing to put their names out. But they've gone to their commanders and said, hey, look, we have, we have a major problem here. We need to take care of this. Um, they requested tests, diagnostics uh, for certain cardio issues and blood clot issues. Didn't get it. I mean, this is something when that's pretty standard. When you have an experimental shot pushed on the entire military, you would absolutely want to monitor the, all this, follow up on the first safety signals. Nothing of the sort. And what, what I was told by one doctor is that at their monthly review, they have a combat readiness review uh, in terms of the health of soldiers. So, you know, this soldier's out uh, at, at a training out of the unit for various reasons. Typically, it's full of uh, uh, muscular skeletal injuries, which is obvious, just injuries, uh, you know, torn ALC or something like that, you know, so, some sort of a groin issue, hamstring issue, kind of like what you find in sports. Uh, for the females, you'll find pregnancies and things like that that will obviously take them out of commission. But now they're dealing with strokes, strokes left and right, cardio issues, thrombotic issues. Steve, where would this come from? Where would this possibly come from? We're finding this from so many different angles. And this was known from day one. The chief medical officer in, in, in the what was the, the August 23rd licensure of of Coburnity said very clearly that there's safety signals for myocarditis and pericarditis, particularly with young males. Well, you have a military full of young males. Wouldn't you be interested in following up on those safety signals? Oh, and Steve, one more thing. The myocarditis data was leaked by one of the uh, whistleblowers, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, several months prior. And then those numbers were rolled back tenfold. But then they didn't notice the other issues until the other issues were pointed out at the end of January. So here we are three weeks later, and we still don't have a basic statement of narrative on the lack of surveillance of health issues in the military. And they'll get around to it after they get done making sure everybody is non-binary compliant. Canada and what's going on there. Give us your read. Sure. I mean, I think Canada is the starkest example of what we've been seeing throughout Western democracies. I would say before COVID, but COVID has crystallized it. And that is that Western governments have gone to pre-enlightenment thinking. And what that means is, just like with the despotic regime, the means justify the ends. They choose an endgame, a policy they want. And laws don't matter, social norms don't matter, um, precedents don't matter, uh, due process and separation of power certainly don't matter. They come, they see, they conquer. If they believe you are a threat, you're a public health threat, but more aptly put a political threat, you have no life, liberty, or property. We could experiment on your body. You have no liberty um, and you have no property. So now they could seize your bank account. We saw uh, videos of police in Ottawa knocking on doors of people saying we saw Facebook posts. We just want you to understand the parameters of protest. 
we have reached a point where we no longer have legitimate governing authorities in all Western democracies. It's not a Canada thing. It's not an American thing. It has pretty much permeated all Western democracies. So what does that mean then going forward? What it means is we don't have a legitimate form of government. It means that this is the nightmare that Thomas Jefferson laid out in the Declaration of Independence when a government becomes ir uh, immutably tyrannical to its ends. Uh, it's the responsibility, not just the right, but responsibility of the people to rise up and form a new government built on those unalienable rights. I mean, that is where we are. Uh, how we achieve that? I mean, that's been the million dollar question in the era we live in. But intellectually, I don't understand how we are not at that position, that we do not have a legitimate governing authority. So it's not just a matter of, oh, we don't have legitimate elections or they're possibly rigged and voter fraud. It's that you have the ultimate governing fraud so that no matter who you get into the government, if they're not bound by the typical constraints that certainly our constitutional republic was, but even the other Western democracies that weren't quite as well off as America was in terms of protecting liberty, those 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 constraints are gone. There's a complete uninhibition. They could do anything they want, Steve. If they say you're a threat, there's nothing they can't do to your body, your liberty, and your property. So then when we get power, how should we respond when the people that represent us get power? Garbage in, garbage out. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe that we need to violate human rights and certainly, uh, you know, unalienable natural rights and even constitutional rights uh, just to implement things that we want to implement. But I do believe that that we need a policy in place that wherever, however we obtain power in whatever part of the country, it needs to be garbage in, garbage out. That because they enacted policies illegally, those policies need to go. So in other words, there is nothing I wouldn't support in uprooting COVID fascism from the country because it was gotten through unconstitutional means. So you know, normally we don't like to so-called tell private businesses what to do. Mm -hmm. But if you have two years worth of the government implanting that in the economy only through mandates, then we have an obligation to flush that out of the system any way we can. Uh, you know, even if typically at, at a clean slate, we wouldn't want to do it, but we are not starting at a clean slate. And it also means that state governors can't start saying, well, you know, I think this is a federal power. I think the federal government has power over illegal immigration. Well, if they're going to violate every section of the INA to flood your your state with illegals, you have an obligation to reverse engineer at least the impact from that illegal policy. And if that means having your own state deportation force, then that's what it is. If it means uh, arresting FBI agents that come into your state to enforce either COVID fascism or First Amendment rights, uh, you know, DHS is now warning they're going to come after uh, people that they don't, you know, who, who speak uh, about COVID or election fraud. That that shot needs to be uh, um, made by these governors. And we can't put on our turning signals, cross our T's, dot our I's, 
because that will be allowing fascism to continue to fester. As Mitch McConnell said, repeal it root and branch. So I'm gone next week. So you and I won't chat for a couple more weeks. This trucker convoy in Canada is now about two and a half weeks old. And since it arrived, we've seen virtually every major province announce some form of rollback of Trudeau's policies. Two weeks from now, when you and I chat again here on the show, where do you believe that story is going to be? I believe that much of that will grow in this country. Um, a lot of people might say, well, it, it's going to COVID is going to be over with. But the problem is, I think what we've seen as much as they're taking that off ramp, there still are a number of policies that are still in place, like masking on planes. Um, a lot of school districts are still continuing masking children. Uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs in the military, in the federal workforce, and uh, certainly in the medical sphere. I think that momentum is going to pick up. We'll have our own uh, uh, sort of rally in Washington for the first time since January 6th in a meaningful way. I do think that they are going to pass the dumb budget bill this week. I don't think we have enough momentum to stop it now, but there will be probably another March 11th deadline. And I think that's going to be the next big fight. The question is, could we catch lightning in a bottle and and harness this energy that we have on the ground against a specific budget outcome that will force the government to its knees to finally end all of this? Final thing I want to ask you about. Because again, I'm thinking ahead a couple of weeks, and uh, I, I believe we'll be we will have seen the debut or around the time of the debut of Trump's social media platform by the time you and I talk again. Okay, so I I was given an advanced look at the beta version of it several months ago, and let's assume that it's more Trump Tower and not Trump Wine. That this is high a high quality product and ends up because of the power of his brand and persona drowning out the MeWe's, the parlors, the gabs and the getters and becomes the true because it has his name on it the true alternative could we see a scenario where we're just mass purged from Twitter and Facebook and and they're not so much worried about Republicans in Congress next year coming back at them from a regulatory standpoint because now we have our own Fox News, if you will, on the social media side. That, it, that they're not banishing us to some ghetto of independent sites that most people aren't on, but that this one's going to have, you know, uh, it, it's going to have a, a, a membership that exceeds even the two and a half million that Rumble has been able to acquire, largely because of Bongino's star power, frankly, and connections. But that this becomes a 5, 10, 15 million user site and therefore, they're like, okay, just like we don't book you to be on our panels on CNN and MSNBC, we don't want you here anymore. And you got your Fox News of, of social media sites, and it'll be a monster site that'll have monster monetization. I mean, Fox does that, right? On it, but could you could we see a scenario where that is what happens here now throughout the rest of this year? Steve, I you know I I was trying to put the story in the back of my mind because it's so painful. I think it will be extremely successful. I don't see how it can't. Um, it it coalesces everything that the right has been trained to care about. Trump as a person, Trump as a brand, as well as just the censorship and a place to land for social media. It will become the most important thing for any conservative figure of any sort to try to raise their profile on it. I do think it will finally be the thing. Um, 
and it will create this self-separating. But like you said, the choices will be CNN or Fox equivalent. Um, and I think all of the issues we just talked about will become unimportant. So it might work against my other prediction, because if this does come true, I, I have a hard time imagining how we accomplish anything of substance. You would imagine we would have more of an outlet to do so, which theoretically is true. But I do think it will all become about the one man who is branding it. And it will be the ultimate political uh, fentanyl, the type of drugs they put people on before they insert the ventilator. Um, I really I, I do have a lot of concerns about this being the ultimate political fentanyl for the right. <laughs> Good stuff, friend, my friend. We'll talk to you again here in a couple of weeks. All right. Take care. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thoughts on the conversation that Daniel and I just had? Same as it ever, ever was. Water flowing underground. I mean, the Republican Party. I, I just... Have we exhausted the English language of, of words that can just describe how miserably useless, at least at the national and Washington level, this party is? And it, it's not just useless, it's shameless, too. After two years of people like you watching this show, uh, a lot of you putting and risking uh, things in your community, at your school boards, whatnot, trying to roll back masking at the very least and defying. And then just recently, what's the, what's the Republicans rallying cry? Unmask the kids! It's, it's February of 2022. And just now, because it's an election year, now they decide to actually, you know, go with what you've been saying for the last two years. It's just cynical. And it's, and it's absolutely worthless. So again, we're stuck. Actually, I'm sorry. We're not stuck. We're only stuck of our own volition here. We either all become Canadian truckers, or we keep, as Daniel just said, we keep just taking hints. It's the fentanyl. Over and over and over again, saying everything's okay. Going to vote for Daddy GOP this uh, November again, and they'll save us from the evil Democrats. Can't do that anymore. That'll do it for today's show. We're going to stick around and record the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers that you'll be able to watch later today at blazetv.com slash days. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.